Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And what's up, Internet? You're listening to another episode of Fan Bros, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. The podcast where we talk geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it is your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of the Internets, the anti-trife equation, the werewolf of U Street. Keep that same energy. Wakabi's last conscious, Hollywood Hameen, Soldier 70 Slip, Dr. Whose Mans is this? Hashtag, I'm a future herald of Galactus, the Count of Crown Wakanda here in the spaceship tonight. Whew! All right, yeah. Let me introduce my co-host like, so I can take a break right there. <laughs> yeah, that wolf of wolf, wolf the wolf of U Street. <laughs> the, the, the werewolf of U Street. The werewolf of U Street. Oh, yeah, because there is already a wolf, but wolf we're going to get U into Street. that in a second. But yes. I am Jeff J, a.k.a. the Haitian Super Saiyan, Will Smith's burner account, Miles More Assets, Durags to Riches, Victor Von Swoon, Earth, Wind, and Firestorm, John Bodega, Bagger Vance Astro, John Wick Bozeman, and Brian McKnight Thrasher. What's going on, <laughs> John Bodega, though? Yes, sir. <laughs> Gotta keep it, kept, can't keep it 100% New York there. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. Welcome back, Jeff. It is good to be back in the spaceship. Both of us were on vacation last week as we took a break to celebrate Women's History Month. And, you know, I mean... Shout-outs to Tatiana King, shout-outs to the Blur Girl, shout-outs to Lexi Alex Zander, because it was in here popping. Yeah. I mean, whew, what an episode. It felt good, really, to not have to, you know, run the spaceship and let the women take over for once. Yeah, it's, it's, and unlike Riker, the, the mission actually went well <laughs> when, when, when the captain wasn't there, right? Wow, wow. <laughs> We didn't have anything uh, go left, but um, yeah, man, it was it was a great episode. They did their thing. I was like, I was spitting the ladies' night verse the entire time listening it, like back and forward, like you know, like. <laughs> Come on, dog, I'm kicking it, kicking it. But it was great. It was it was good to hear. They they took um, they they talked about a lot of a lot of dope things. I think Blurred Girl might have scarred me for life with her death. That um that she, that she wow spoke about. yeah like I was like wow that might be the goat though I don't think anyone's ever topping that but I was Mm-mm. like wow Mm-mm. that went no. left I was on the edge of my seat it was it was great though that was a dope episode mm-hmm. so I understand what Jeff is talking about make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode where the blur girl gave one of the illest answers ever to the question of what character's death hurt you the most and. I think that answer hurt everyone in the spaceship and everyone listening the most. But, you know, it's well <laughs> worth going to check out because Lexi Alexander, the Blur Girl, Tatiana, they all just dropped a lot of knowledge, a lot of news, a lot of info, talked about everything from, you know, being in industry to being journalists in the industry to working in the industry, all as women and what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a woman of color, all these different topics. Just, a you know, another stellar classic episode, you know, just like this one's about to be. And, you know, I mean, this is a yet another crazy week. It's just like we're moving into the spring, summer season. You know, happy Easter, happy April Fool's Day to everyone. And with that, you know, you know, the movies are dropping. Yep. And, you know, a little movie you might have heard of, might have been anticipating some of y'all. Ready Player One, you know, hit the theaters this weekend. 
big, what, 53 million in the U.S. alone, 67 million in China, which is its own thing. That is, you know, that's a number right there. What did you think, first of all, Jeff? Man, I loved it. I wow. loved it. I, I loved it. Oh, it's going to get hot in here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. it. I felt like it was a walking Easter egg full of pop culture references. If you were a gamer, if you were 80s baby, pop culture head, comic head, like there was something for you. The, the contrast was that if you didn't really get a lot of the references, then you probably were like, why am I here? So it was it was a super niche niche whatever um movie but I I enjoyed it like I I was like my mind was blown away with all the all the stuff that I saw and it was it was a fun it was a fun video game movie like you know you talk about popcorn movie you go there and you turn your mind off for 2 hours and just enjoy like I really enjoyed it, it for me it was like for all the times I went outside in the backyard and actually wished I could throw a Hadouken in real life, <laughs> I was living through those characters. So, yeah, man, I I, I dug it. Mm. All right. Well, like if you do say, you know, you turn your brain off, then I can definitely agree with you there because I felt like you had to turn your brain off. And it's not one of those things to me where I didn't get the references. I got all the references. Obviously, it's all kind of stuff from my youth, from my adolescence, etc. From right now, you know, they had Tracer up in there from Overwatch. I was hyped for that. But... To me, it was just a lot of that for no reason and no story and no point. And then when if you really, I mean, if you do start thinking about it on any level, it just falls apart. And it just, as far as like, you know, when you want to talk diversity and things like that, like these are all things, like I said, if you start thinking about it, you know, why is the ghetto filled with mainly like white people? It was just weird. You know, why is the two Asian people, ninjas and samurais in the other world you know it's just little silly stuff like that to me where i was just like mm, okay this is cute but that's about all i can give it yeah i, I mean i i hear you i i didn't really i those are things that i saw but mm-hmm. i don't think it really detracted from me just because it was like it, it was what it was like mind you i didn't go into it with any expectations like from what i heard it was i heard the book was trash first yeah. off i heard the book was trash that was from a few people and take that for what it's worth but i was like okay you know going in seeing the movie let me see what it is spielberg directing all right you know it 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 basically was like a video game that took movie form it was i felt like the movie was video game exception it was a video game it was like a a, it's meta like a video game movie about video games and Mm um you know the one thing that i i appreciated about it was that it, it it immersed itself in all of the video game tropes Secret mm. levels, mm-hmm. Easter eggs, just and and if you break it down, if you tear everything away, what I got from the story was just a, a dude, you know, it's a dystopian future with the ghettos. It looked like District Nine a little bit. I don't know yeah. if you got that. It looked yeah. a little bit. I, I got like a whack ass District right. Nine. <laughs> I mean, I, I I get it, but I it, it looked like it looked like the look was like almost like District Nine esque, but just in terms of you know they had their the little stories about. Whether you should be disconnecting and and real life versus what happens <laughs> that shit was online. such a joke <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, the, the little little things i mean it wasn't anything super deep but mm-hmm. it it wasn't like i was looking for um 
what's the movie with Ro- Rosebud with the with the with the the sled? yeah, but they made the Rosebud like, analogy in there. Oh, Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah, Citizen Kane. Like I wasn't going to see. I what's my always my my go to example? I, this wasn't Casablanca, bro. Like it wasn't Casablanca. You. This know wasn't I mean? the power of the Black Panther. Right, right, right. <laughs> the power of the Black Panther was not stripped away from me. But I, I just had fun. Like I, I had fun. I mean, maybe maybe it was me getting immersed in the characters I saw and shit that I haven't seen in years. But mm-hmm. I think they, I think for me, they they took the best elements what we look for in a video game. Like why would we like a video game, or why would we like certain like comics or or animes or stuff like that? Like those core tenets, and they just overloaded you with it. And it mm-hmm. was more so not about the destination, but the journey for me. Okay, I mean, you know I'll I mean? give you that because I, I what, like what the- were you expecting? Like what nothing. did you want to see? No, no, nothing. I I got exactly what I expected. I expected a movie about you know some young boy who gets the girl and saves the world. Okay, and I was like, yeah, and I I got exactly that, and I expected it to. I mean, not really. I don't expect Steven Spielberg really to be above anyone else where he's just going to automatically, his films are going to make sense or anything like that. And I don't think this movie made sense on a lot of levels. You know, when you look at it, like, why are these kids running around in the street with these VR things on? Why aren't they getting killed by passing cars? You know, et cetera, things like that. It's just little silly stuff that just doesn't add up. And I, and especially in my science fiction, I like stuff to add up. You know, I like when Got the whole you. world works. And this mm. doesn't work to me. This just makes little to no sense. And then it's just a lot of Easter eggs thrown at you. I did appreciate, like, you know, some of the Easter eggs. Like, I don't want to give away some of the ones that I really like because those come a little bit into the movie. Right. But I did um, also, like like you said, the immersiveness of video game culture, how they use certain phrases and lines, like camping. Like, when that phrase came up, I was sitting there laughing because I was like, okay, that's a great use of that. You know, things like that. All those little things I did appreciate. And sometimes I'd get hyped when I saw something. But for the most part, I felt like a lot of that was just throwing stuff at you and really kind of out of context. Like, it bugs me out that the Iron Giant was brawling and, you know, blasting people. When in the Iron Giant movie, he's all about being a pacifist and hated the fact that people made him into a fighter. But what if you were in a VR world and you could use the Iron Giant I wouldn't As use a, them though. I'd feel funny about it. I'd be like, "Damn, this is effed up." But you got to get those <laughs> credits, right? Because at the base, <laughs> you're stupid. But at the basis of the movie, it's all about that's what the capital is in their dystopian future. It's building credits, and and shit. I can't say too much without giving away <laughs> the whole idea because you've seen it in the preview, yep. so it's not like we're blowing it up. But the reason why it was used, it wasn't taken for granted, or it wasn't used frivolously. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, to, but it like does... to keep it as 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 surface level as I can without blowing anything up. But I get what you're saying. But even for me, right? I'm not even. I'm thinking about it as they're using those characters as avatars. Yeah. Just like when you when people mod video games, like they mod mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto with Iron Man and shit like that. Yeah. Like yo, some dudes may may somebody may want to mod Gandhi. I don't think Gandhi was out there two guns up. You know what I'm saying? But but yo, it's their world. It's it's the VR thing. Like it's this is what they do to escape to to uh, uh, to escape from reality. You know what I mean? Like I I can't fault them for using it. It's like yo, fuck you use Gandhi for yo. You know I thought it would be cool like if if Gandhi was running around. Imagine if you saw Gandhi in Overwatch. Oh my <laughs> god! Gone, you know what I mean? Like but it would be as. It would be as ridiculous as it would be ill to be like, yo, I just got I just got murked in Fortnite with somebody with a Gandhi skin. 
<laughs> what if they had that like Street Fighter where it was like Gandhi versus Jesus? I mean, right. know, we're, we're gonna go there, you know, Buddha. G- G- Gandhi, <laughs> Gandhi and Dalsim in the match we've been waiting centuries for, right? Oh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, like I, I that that's why when you say it, it, some of the stuff didn't didn't make sense, I you know it's when I think oh, about dystopian futures. A lot of the shit doesn't make sense in a mm-hmm. in a sense in a sense because this is how they're living their life and it's and it's almost as the as the viewer we look at it and say damn I would never expect to get this bad or to get this uh to to get this crazy where they have to log into VR in order to live their life you know what I'm saying like I, I wouldn't think about that what what did, what did you think about the effects did you like the I- effects at least. Some of it, I thought like okay, I like I like the effects, I like the CG, all that stuff. I thought the freewheeling use of the camera, you know, the way the camera just flies all around at certain points was cool, and certain mm-hmm. points was like, eh, okay. Especially in certain scenes that I really can't, I don't want to spoil, but there's a really right. major scene where you know they go into a, another movie, and the way the camera moved in that scene, I've seen a lot of people praising it. And to me, it just goes against everything that was that movie. But maybe that was the point, and it's just. Things like that, maybe I'm being too much of a nerd for it, you know, but it's weird to me because I feel like Spielberg is that film nerd who would appreciate that thing and then wouldn't, you know, but then he'd win a whole nother way. And so it's different to me. And like, as far as like the whole VR and the world, I just felt like it doesn't work. And it's one of those things where it's the, I, I, once again, I don't want to give away too much, but it's mm-hmm. the problem of the creator of this world. He's created this problem but it's like rewarded, you know, that's like the great thing. And that's and even in the end they try and patch it up, but it's like, eh, meh, you know. Right. Cool. Right. I, I, I hear what you're I hear what you're saying with that. The another another variable that we, we halfway consider is this is taking source material from this book. Mm-hmm. So who knows if it was salvaged? You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh it they, may have no, they, no, they chopped up the book. I know that. I, I know from people who've read the book and from what I've read online, there's a lot of stuff chopped out of the book. Like, this is a much more happy-go-lucky version of the book because the book is very dark right. for parts of it. Right. So so if, if we go on the premise that the book was trash and Spielberg said, okay, this is a cool concept. I want to take certain parts and make it you know, a movie, which a lot of directors will have, will take the liberties to do that and write around it and do stuff like that. There's, there's probably things that we are missing that mm-hmm. didn't make it into the movie that was in the book. And this is what, what, um, this, these are the pitfalls of adaptations that yep. some, you know, there's just a lot of information that they can't, cause uh, don't get me wrong. If this was Lord of the Rings long, I would have been right there <laughs> with you burning, burning it all down. Like I don't yeah. have time for that. Like not anymore, not yeah. anymore. Not no trilogy. It's you're going to have to give me an epic like yeah. Lord of the Rings, like even The Hobbit, like after the, halfway through the second one, I said, you know oh, what, no. I get it. Um, Ooh, Tolkien, you got that far? Tolkien, salute, like salute. <laughs> I, I I appreciate you. Lord of the Rings was fire. I love the trilogy, but you know, I'm not this war. This is like war. What is it good for? That's where I got to at that point where <laughs> with The Hobbit, like yo, I'm I'm not even invested anymore. It's just I'm gonna go play Shadow of Mordor, and 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 I'm going to that's gonna be my Middle Kingdom. But you know. That, like I said, that's some of the pitfalls of adapting a movie where what did we miss? Maybe there was a connector. Maybe there was a reason why um, 
certain dialogue and stuff like why they were saying certain things why because it, it's all based off of the mind of one person who created the world who mm -hmm. was like a pop culture person so just imagine a future where the the uh people value pop culture knowledge as much as they valued the scholars throughout history it's like you have einstein pythagoras fucking uh chinwa chebi and uh, I forgot. I forgot the brother's name. Who was um, the the dude who created their world? Um, Halliday. Halliday. Ray Halliday or something like that, right? Yeah, something. Some, something like Halliday. So <laughs> you have you have all these these philosophers like you know <laughs> Shakespeare and Halliday, and this is this is what we're building our world off of. So you know it. Taking with all of that, and then thinking about what they may have left off, there may be some things that we didn't connect. But, you know, I, I mean, overall, it's like for somebody who didn't expect something from it and I got to see cool shit, I, I got a little bit of story in between. Um, Lena, Lena Waithe was good in it. Um, I, li I like what she did. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Ben. I don't know. It's not like I, I, could, I didn't hate it, bro. Like it was I thought it was fun. It was fun. I had fun watching it. I can't I can't lie. I had fun. All right. Well, I mean, I didn't not have fun, but I wasn't like, oh, my God. This you were annoyed. You, know? you were annoyed I at some points. I was definitely annoyed at some points, especially because there's certain, there's just a few little things. Like, I noticed mm -hmm. about the book is that the main character and the main uh, woman character, they both don't physically look like the normal Hollywood people like they do in this movie. And that was one of those things where, you know, you got to Hollywood it up. They look much more, you know, like unattractive in physical terms of normal Hollywood looks. Oh, okay. and well, instead, I mean, they, wait, yeah. they looked normal, though. Like, I mean, they were, they were like, you know, I, I thought they weren't, like, stunning. No, They looked no. like normal, good-looking kids. Like, you yeah. know, when you see a kid, like, oh, so you're a good-looking kid. Like, you know, well, like, that. that's how they looked. Like, it wasn't like, yo, they were joints. Like, yo, like, they No, they but stopped. Wade is supposed to be a beast. He's supposed to be a really, <laughs> chubby, like, you know, the beautiful. Oh, you know, like the typical gamer, yeah, trope, he's like, supposed, stereotype? Yes. Yeah, ah, he's supposed to be the typical okay. gamer stereotype, and that's yep. one of the things. So there's. I mean, they gotta like make that. that money, bro. They gotta make like, <laughs> let's, let's keep it a hundred. Like, like you gotta give us something. You gotta give us. Something. We we gotta tear down barriers. Like you know, I am I am not my um, extra large shirt and shit. Like you know, what I mean, like we have to tear down some barriers. So I get it. I get it. I I, I get it. <laughs> All right, so overall, I guess we're going to say that, you know, we're going to give Ready Player One. Go check it out if you can turn your brain off for a quick second and, you know, enjoy some eye candy. Because there's definitely eye candy for days. There's all kind of Easter eggs upon Easter eggs upon Easter eggs upon Easter eggs. So definitely check it out. It's well worth your time. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros Show. Hey, this is Yutide Badaki. I play Bill Chris on American Gods, and when I am not swallowing up people whole, I am listening to Fan Bros. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu, and when I'm not bitching about ex mocking the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Cree Summer, and when I'm not voicing your favorite childhood cartoons or smoking a lot of weed, I'm listening to the Fan Bros Show. Actually, sometimes I do that at the same time. Oh, hey, this is your friend. Deadpool, but I just left him downstairs to come up here and just uh, say, you know, guys, just just listen to the show. It's fan bros. Why would you not? Hold on. I'm coming, honey. Okay. All right. That's Deadpool. Okay. Bye, guys. Hi, guys. It's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not just like 
picking. Uh, why don't you listen to fan bros? The best people are. Uh, but you know what picking is? It's picking your nose. All them joints. Get this goodness every week in your ear holes. Word up. And right now it's time for one of my favorite segments on the show. Thank you to everyone for always sending in your questions to The Guac is Extra. That's right. The geekly asked questions. I can't believe I managed to even halfway get through that. Like any week, you know, any week we do this, I feel like I'm going to mess that up. And I did it this week. Finally, I butchered it. The Geek When We Ask Questions, where we answer any and all questions right here. You can send in your questions to contact at fanbros.com, or you can hit us on Twitter or on Instagram at fanbrosshow. Make sure you follow us on both of those. And what do we have up first tonight? All right. So this is from King Wizard. And salute on the spelling of that. I'm kind of proud that I read that <laughs> i was yep. able to get that right so yep. could you please go into how dj ben amin became a staff writer on american gods again or could you direct me to the ep <laughs> my man wants to die yo yo shoot your shot shoot every shot Pull up from, <laughs> he pulled up from the logo right there like yo wow well at dj ben amin the floor is yours bro <laughs> I mean, my man is doing for the $10,000 shot right there. 100 <laughs> points and rock and sock or rock and jock, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting question. I get answered, I mean, asked this question a lot on the show, on the street, wherever I'm at. And it's kind of tough to answer because, in fact, I really can't answer. Not, I mean, not for legal reasons or anything like that, but certain things... I just want to keep on the low. I've alluded to it before, I think, on episodes. I will say this. If you want to know more about American Gods and how I got on the show, you should go listen to the Brian Fuller episode and the Michael Green episode of Fan Bro Show because both of those either have a lot of clues or say a lot about it. But at the same time, I will say this. like A lot of people ask me how I got on, and I got on through a very unconventional way of getting on and becoming a writer and getting my WGA card, et cetera, et cetera. And those ways can't really be replicated. But I will say this, like, it's one of those things where you just got to do the work and you got to be prepared. Like, people always talk about luck. And I've heard this saying a long time ago is that luck is preparation meets opportunity. And so it's like if you're prepared for something, when the opportunity comes up, it'll happen for you. And it'll either happen good or bad, whether or not you're prepared for that opportunity. And so that's good or bad luck, et cetera. But that's what I'm saying. You just got to always do the work. And I did not know. I say this again and again. In fact, I'm, this is perfect because I don't think I got to tell this story on the show. But it doesn't matter. Uh, like about a month ago, not even a month ago now, like three weeks ago or so, I was, I was sitting in my kitchen out here thinking about how last year we had Lexi Alexander on the show. We had Allison Williams on the show. And those were like two of the first interviews of the year last year that just came out and crushed it. And I was like, yo, we are doing something on Fan Bro Show. Like, these interviews are incredible. 
And Allison Williams became a good friend of ours. And I'm like, yo, Allison is mad cool and mad woke and mad smart. And she just, you know, has all these ideas and is a really dope friend. And like, I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like, I'm friends with Allison Williams from Girls, you know, Marnie and Get Out. And then, you know, Lexi Alexander, who I admire just everything. At the same time, we did the interview and she became a good friend. So like a few weeks ago, I'm sitting in my kitchen and I'm like, you know, tearing up and stuff like crying, thud tears, because... A year ago, I was just happy to have them on the show and just be friends with them. And now a year later, they're like, yo, both of them have told me, yo, I've told everyone I know you're going to be running things in Hollywood in a few years. You're going to be running your own show. You know, me and Lexi are working on doing something together right now out here. But I had no idea. You know, last year, I was just happy to have them on the show and be able to interview them. And so it's like things like that's what I tell people. It's like. And at the same time last year, I had no idea where my life was doing. I knew that I was doing something very special with Fan Bro Show, but it's not something that just brings in the dollars like that. You know, it brings in whatever, little things. You hear our advertisers here and there, et cetera. But it ain't no big money like that. You know, we all work other jobs. We all do a million other hustles, and we keep it going every week because we love it, and we love the feedback we get from people, and we love doing this stuff. And I feel like we're doing something, like shouts to my brother Combat Jack, I feel like we're doing something on the level of the Combat Jet show, so I feel like it needs to be there. But at the same time, not always the time do I know where I'm going. I'm like, damn, I'm just doing it. Things are great. But, you know, a few weeks ago, I was sitting there crying just because I'm like, yo, look at this and thank you. Thank you to the universe for all these blessings, for everything that's brought me here. So that's how I got on writing. I kept going. It does not stop. <laughs> right. For sure. I'll, yeah, I don't know what else to tell people. Wait for the, you know, wait for the book. What's the next question we got tonight? <laughs> I hear that. So next from Philip Winslow, being we have two HU alums running the spaceship. Well, <coughs> actually, actually three, if you count me, because I am from Hoster University. The, okay, the HU, close enough. The, H, the HU of, the, of, of, of uh, NYC. <laughs> so um, can we have your insight on the current issues at the university? Do you think problems speak to a larger fault in higher education across the country? And what would you have done with 400K as a college student oh in, in the 19XXs or the early 2000s? Oh, yes. Yo, if you can't see, you guys can't see me right now, but I'm just stretched. I've cracked my knuckles. I've done my vinyasas. I am ready for this. Oh, Yo, man. Go ahead. Let me know. Let me know. You first. Yo, Tyrone Hankerson, thug poet, bro. Yo, this man. Well, first of all, everything is alleged. Everything yes. is alleged. And yes. he, he definitely went on RolandSMartin.com. Right and, away. And, right away and, and professed his... His innocence, and and I can tell he's he's a law student because he was hitting us with all the corollaries and all the here tos and 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 all of the all of the stuff that you read in the um in the privacy policy of uh, iTunes that you just like you know what if they get me if they get me I'm not trying to read all this shit but um yo 400k as a college student man I'm not even gonna front you thought Tyrone was bad man I would have I would have rented. A drop top like Maserati. And mind you, I'm in New York where one pothole and that's it, right? But mm-hmm. yo, I would have rented shit just to I would have rented it just to park on my campus. I don't even want to drive. One to park and one to drive. And just it just drive the shit around. I yo, I would have went, I would have went nuts. I will say, if I was doing it through illegal means, I wouldn't have flossed it. 
I mean, there's, how many examples do you need if you've ever seen Goodfellas? Shit, if you mm. saw American Gangster, I posted mm. that meme with, with Denzel burning the, the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I don't think I would have flossed it. I, I honestly... I, shit, I, I got to think of myself as college. college yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, smart now, but, like, mm-hmm. impulsively. I, I You know, I, I would have probably... I would have probably paid off debt that my family had. Like, mm. we all had debt. Like, Joe, just wipe it clean slate and, mm-hmm. and just put it towards something. I, I mm-hmm. probably would have put, like... 50k away from me to like do shit but like that the rest vacation um Mm. pay off some debt like if i had any debt or any uh, or probably the rest of my my tuition debt pay off that and make sure i don't have because i had loans so those would have gone bye-bye but if i had 400k yeah i think i would have put some away paid off some debt and I, w- I would have balled out, but I wouldn't have been flashy with it. But then again, like wh- I think when we were in undergrad, social media definitely wasn't as popping as it is now. So no. the most you would have been put on that Facebook screen. That's probably yeah. what it would have been. But um, that Black Panther screen, right, 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 right. <laughs> they would have been talking shit about you on Black Panther and Mihente and MySpace. But, yes. Um, but my but, top yeah. eight would have been lit though. <laughs> but I don't think I would have. <laughs> I don't think I would have been flossing like. Like he allegedly was, I wouldn't have been flossing like that. Like not like that. No. All right. Um. You know, as Tatiana's not here tonight, so as the only H U you know representative here. Oh my God, this one, this one hurts. You know, it's like we go from Chadwick Boseman to this. You know, so quick. You know, the power had been stripped away. <laughs> he stripped away tuition money. Yeah, he stripped I mean, away the financial aid, bro. <laughs> he stripped away a lot. He stripped away the pride. The oh yeah, it hurts. Bro. But um, now I wouldn't have flossed like that. But I will say this because a lot of people ask me about this, and it's like, yo, on the yard, dude would have not stood out like that. That is what people don't mm. understand. Like, people on the yard were always ridiculous, always out of control, you know? And you either thought that their parents were rich, they were pulling some type of hustle, or they were going broke to look like that. And you just wouldn't have thought about it twice. You'd be like, oh, okay, whatever, and kept it moving. Oh, me today? Okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, oh, look at him. This Negro again. That's all it would have been about. You know, you wouldn't have known that this dude was pulling and all. Especially if he was a law student, you would have figured he had some type of, you know, he's mm-hmm. older. You wouldn't even see him on campus like that. It's a lot of things. People are like, you know, whatever. Yeah, this speaks to a bigger problem with higher education. This speaks to just a lot of problems. This speaks to America. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we got to move on from that question. Great question. But, you know, yeah, we would have all balled out. You know, we know what you would have done. I Next definitely thought mad at electronics. I would have said that. Oh, my God. You would have came I to mean, my spot, and you would have been like, oh, this dude sells drugs. Yeah. My homecoming <laughs> would have been silly, dog. I would have been standing with Biggie and a mink. You know, it would have been homecoming. <laughs> like, y- y'all don't know how homecomings go down. Like, right. I would have dropped, like, 20 racks, you know, right. just doing stupid stuff at homecoming. Like, easily, easily 20 racks. No problem. But the whole park out, just for yourself. What? Love, love dream. Oh God. Oh God. Republic Don't Gardens. It. Oh my God. Don't let any of those have been open. That's all if any of those were open. I mean, wow. I knew people who personally dropped like five, ten racks in those spots. Easy. You know. Easy. Easy. 
Easy. <laughs> I was there to witness. I've seen 20 bottles lined up on a ball. Stadium. Come on. Oh, man. God. Yeah, what, what's see, the lounge? K Street, K, K, K Street Lounge? What, what Yo, is it? K Street. And K- then it turned into, um. come on, man. We'll be here all day. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm very woke on the DC nightlife, bro. Yo, come on, man. <laughs> Shout out to my brother, Mark Barnes. Shout out to. Heard. I mean, you know, I could go on. We'll be here all day. <laughs> Analyze what up, DJ Money. Alright, uh yeah, next question is from White Star GB. With this is such a great one. With Netflix's Roxanne Shante being a su- success, what are your thoughts of them creating a hip hop universe similar to Marvel's cinematic universe? <laughs> okay, first of all, dog, these are people's real lives. Right. Like, say, like, <laughs> we all live in a cinematic universe when you know people and we intertwine, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like, what about a fan bro cinematic universe? Right, right. <laughs> the, the FCU, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's um, dumb when you think about it where <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, yo, shit, is hip hop really war a war for them? Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, yo, is hip hop really a cinematic universe? Like, holy yes. shit, it is. Yes, easily. It is. Easily. <laughs> easily. Oh man, I was talking about this. I said if uh, Stranger Things is the rock hymn of eighties, um, you know, like, I don't know, memorials, remembrances, whatever. Then Ready Player One is the little dicky of them. Oh man, <laughs> yo, you stupid. You um, stupid. That's a great question. I think y'all should peep the Rapture that's on Netflix right now. It's a really dope that. series. Oh man, I just watched the Just Blaze episode and the A Boogie with the Hoodie episode. Both of them are just excellent works. You know, shout out to Young Guru, Swiss Beats. Everybody is up in the Just Blaze. He goes to DJ Mustard's studio, like. That one is so dope because you see, you know, all the different levels of producing and how Just Blaze appreciates all of them, you know, all different styles and ways to make music. And then the A Boogie one I love because it was like, I didn't realize how, because I've been out of New York for a few months, so I didn't realize how big dude had gotten, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was so dope, like, seeing his come up and seeing, he's like one of them kids, like, uh, Joey Badass, who I love too, who you can just see at such a young age, knew what they wanted and went for it. And for anyone who likes to talk about, like, envisioning stuff and, like, you know, using your mind to create your reality, I suggest you watch that A Boogie joint. Because for such a young kid, he is one of those people who has just been like, oh, this is what I want out of life, and boom, I got it. Right. Yep. Right. I would I would also say you could think about it like a cinematic universe with, like, the Roxanne <laughs> Shante, but if they just keep releasing Legends um, series... Yeah. They're all gonna intertwine at some point. Yeah. So like, let's say you had Roxanne Shante, and and I'm just pulling shit out of my ass, right? Uh, let's say it's, you have Roxanne Shante, and they and they said something about Pete Rock had a role in it, mm-hmm. and then you do a Pete Rock documentary mm. or something. You're gonna get that tie. You're gonna get the overlap because they all were together in this in that era. Because er- mm-hmm. every era, people you know were interacting with each other, making music. Making music together happens a lot more now than it did back then but um, mm, like no the no frequency no. frequency wise i think if it's oh, not, if it's, no, not see ya. if it's not equal if it's not equal i think it's a little bit more think about it like this how long did it take east coast hip-hop to embrace down south hip-hop 
Uh, okay, in that in you get that what I'm sense, saying? I'm yeah. talking about collaborations, just collaborations. Yeah, in that sense, artists. definitely. In that sense, definitely. Like, there's more. There is no East Coast, West Coast, South, whatever. Now it's just everybody makes the same type right. of sound music. It's globalized. Yeah, but like what they were, they were even talking about this in the Just Blaze documentary, and I was there for some of those times. Like back in the baseline days, it would be Just Blaze in one room, Gurus recording in the next room with either Pharrell, Timbaland, etc., whoever was there that day, and then everyone would come through. Right. You know, so it was like you had these people and like Guru says steel sharp and steel and you don't have that anymore where people are in the same studio collabing. So they, that's they a, record that's the and send it um yeah, remotely, right? That's what yeah. yeah, that's the one thing that you miss. That's why I like that's why, you know, I, I take I take everything with Kanye because Kanye will have you fly to fucking Montana mm-hmm. with all these yep. random artists just to make music and bring yep. that feeling back. As yeah. opposed to yo, I'm gonna record this on my laptop and I'm mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a um we transfer it to you like nah fuck that man come to the studio like let's let's vibe like jam session like mm-hmm. rappers should jam session more fuck yep. it f- do a cipher freestyle maybe y'all spit something where you like yo yo let me let me memorize that and run it back let's mm-hmm. put this shit on a real track or let's make a mixtape or put it out or just put out a track for the sake of Drake does that well where he just yes. put out some shit and then it doesn't make a real quote unquote uh, uh, I guess a studio release album but it's it's fire so why not. You know but I mean? that's because Drake and Kanye both learn from those people like Jay-Z who always would have something in the streets and then also came from that collab atmosphere. Right. And Jay-Z is definitely one of those who benefited from it the most because he like, you know, young Chris, Kanye, Beanie, give me your styles. Give me your <laughs> styles. And then, you know, just kept on going. And uh... Next question is from Childress underscore J. If you could direct a Storm solo film, who would you cast for the role, and what storyline would you adapt? What other woman of color should get the series? Uh, that actually, the last part of that question was from Curvy Feet, uh, Geeky Fangirl. I think oh, nice. that they might have answered this last week, but I just wanted to add it in because, you know, it kind of goes together, and we didn't get to talk about this. Cool. You know, the women's got to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your today Bedaki, you know, right away, Storm. Uh, that's it. American God star. Y'all all know her and love her. And that's my choice forever and a day. Um, and what storyline would you adapt? I would go for life, death, the storyline where she, uh, explores her relationship with forge because I can't stand that black Panther and storm being together idea. I think that is the goofiest and corniest idea to take like, your two premier black characters and put them together. You know, it was like so forced to me and I never felt it. I know I'm making a lot of people mad out there. Oh, keep I making them mad. Keep yeah, making I don't, mad. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't care. A, it was a comic arranged marriage. It, yeah, it, 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 was, it was silly. It was, it was, it was completely forced. They, they put a round peg in a square hole and, and mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that it's, it's been dissolved for the yep. most part. Because mm-hmm. it, it didn't need it. Like, you didn't, you didn't need Storm. Like, you don't, you don't need that. And I think there's so many more rich storm storylines you can you can adapt or tell that you don't yes. need you know you know Tatala here um mucking things up so no i'd even like to see the one with i think it's yukio where uh she's in japan with wolverine when she first gets the mohawk and everything that storyline i'm not even sure she uh, she might have powers at that point but that's where you know she just goes real street it might even be kind of like a lesbian romance going on in there mm. and Hey, I'm down for it. You know, all that. I don't need to see her with Black Panther or with any dude. 
I prefer Storm just to be by herself and, you know, living life and kicking ass. Right. As far as who I would cast, um, I yeah, Homegirl from American Gods, I think that's cool. Like, I, Or I would say if it's not her, someone we haven't seen before. Let's yes. make new stars. Make new, yes. I'm, I am team make new stars because we always go through these fantasy um, fantasy bookings and have the Rolodex out of all the, the black stars that we know. It's like, yo, mm-hmm. yo what, what Michael be doing right now? What him, what him and Ryan doing? He free? Let's, make, yeah. let's put him in this movie. No, there's there's a plethora of stars where they're on Broadway or they're just making it now. They're coming up who we, we haven't seen yet. So mm-hmm. I, anybody who's new or who hasn't gotten that main stage um, role, I'm 100% down for. In terms of a storyline I would adapt, I would say... If if it's something that we haven't seen before, maybe something with the Morlocks. I know she she's done. There's been storylines involving her and the Morlocks, and that might have been Mohawk Storm era. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think it would be ill to see like the whole black woman hair journey, like wh- when she cuts her hair, and it's like <laughs> everything that's gonna go along with that. Like you, the people don't know it. It's 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 deeper. It's super deep. Like it, it's super deep when you when um. Especially for for black women, if I can speak for a second for them, like the that for, as as far as my experiences with my family, my friends, and and seeing them go through that journey, I'm like, damn, I get a cut every few weeks, and I don't. It, this doesn't impact me as hard as you know what I'm saying, or or it's it's not as impactful. Although I'm I'm dramatic, mm, I'm dramatic. Yeah, about shout it. out to Atlanta. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. <laughs> right, we all man, dude. That yeah, I think Bibby, Bibby, Bibby for all the awards. Give Bibby all the awards. But um, but yeah, I if if it's not that or or some type of not so much an origin, but to just to see how she is. Her stories with the Shadow King were always great. Like mm. her stories with the Shadow King are always great. And I don't know if people would be ready. I don't know if that would be more suited for like a second movie as opposed mm-hmm. to a first one because that's getting real deep. But yep. I, I'd love because that's something that was defining for her character. So mm-hmm. so something like that or, you know, I think would be good. Yeah. See, I love all the stuff with Forge, like the whole life death. And then the, what is that? The fall of the mutants yep. when they battle. Uh, I can't remember that guy's name who's the big evil bad guy behind the fall of the mutants. But they go to this whole other world and live like a life together and everything for her and Forge. And that was dope. There's so much Storm stuff. Uh, shout out to the Shadow King, though. You know, he's on Legion, and that's coming back this week. So I cannot wait for that because oh, that yeah. was, you know, I could not believe that they actually used the Shadow King in season one of a TV show. That was such a deep dive and so dope and so well done. So can't wait to see that. All right, that is it. Those were some great questions this week. If you have any questions for us, make sure you send them in to contact at fanbros.com or hit us on the Twitter at fanbroshow or on Instagram at fanbroshow. Thanks for subscribing on Twitch as well at fanbroshow because we're going to get that popping right after this break. Hey, this is Bomani Jones, and when I don't have random eggs saying crazy things to me on Twitter, I'm listening to the fan, bros. What's up, Internets? I know you've been enjoying this amazing episode of Fan Bros Show, and it made sure that you get this every week. Make sure you go and subscribe right now. 
Stop. Hit pause on this. Subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Follow us on everything. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Twitch. That's YouTube. All of those places. You know, we're doing big things in 2018, as you already see, as you already hear. All kind of things are coming for you. We got Jeff J. You know, it's a new battery in the back. It's crazy out here. Boom. You, you, we're giving you success stories. Everything you want here on Fan Bro Show. And speaking of success stories, I mean... Donald Glover was on that, like, cannot lose streak. And even in taking this L this week has turned it into yet another win because Deadpool has, uh, the animated series is not happening. Can you, can you please tell me some more about what's going on with that, Jeff? Yeah, man. So for those of you who've been under a rock or stuck in an alternate universe for the past couple of weeks, he, uh, he's, the deal, the TV series is scrapped. Um, there was creative differences, hashtag creative differences. Oh, between, let me tell you what that means, right, folks. <laughs> between the network, Glover, and Marvel. Now, with a couple of things, they nobody's saying anything else, but uh, Donald Glover wanted to make it clear that it wasn't because of his schedule mm. that he couldn't do it. So what mm. did he do? This was probably one of the top five biggest, <laughs> like, ridiculous flexes I've ever seen on social. Yes. The man tweeted out a 14 to 15 page script mm-hmm. written up for the Deadpool comic. And you could tell he wrote that like on the fly because yeah. he has references to the whole who bit Beyonce scandal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has references to a whole bunch of other things that that made it clear that he had wrote it like the day before or two days before. But he tweets this whole script out just to show just to show that he had time to write a script. And then, funny enough, his brother, Stephen Glover, came out and said, he sent out a tweet uh, citing that it may have been a Taylor Swift episode as the reason why they they they, they said enough was enough, or whoever the hashtag mm. creative difference is. So he tweeted, there really was a Taylor Swift episode. It was hilarious, and it definitely was the last straw, LOL. And he deleted it. But then he, he also said, our show wasn't too black. It really wasn't that black at all. But we definitely wanted to give Ricky and Morty a run for their money. And I think we would have around around of the game. Now, hearing that, I, I'm upset that we're not going to get Damn, this. Damn, that hurt. My, I mean, because I wasn't even hurt, you know, because Donald right. got so much stuff going on. You know, shout out to Atlanta, which has been just you know, immaculate in the second season. And, but damn, a black ass Rick and Morty. Yeah. Because that's my one problem with Rick and Morty is it's so white. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, oh. Well, he even said, like, the, according to them, it wasn't even like super black, but they were going to, they were going to go yeah, for Yeah, like, but it would have had enough. It would have right, had right, that right. flavor. You know, it, it doesn't need to be super black. It would have been beige. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, I just, I don't need it to be black at all. It's Deadpool. I need, but I needed to have that knowledge you know that understanding that comes with somebody a person of color's experience and that's the problem with rick and morty that's my biggest problem with rick and morty is i mm-hmm. feel like these dudes just do all kind of wild shit every episode and nothing bad ever happens to them for it you know <laughs> i hear finally like seasons later on i haven't got through the third season yet but it's like come on man after the first season these dudes should be dead imagine being too outrageous for deadpool <laughs> oh. imagine that that's easy with Donald Glover though, because some of the stuff he does on Atlanta, I cannot believe they've let him get away with. You oh know? yeah, so yeah, so it's like, but with animation, you feel like that you know you could let that go and let them have that, and damn, that hurts. I mean, you wanted to put it on FX, 
Yeah. So, you know, they were going to go for the gold. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know. But, but shout out to The Ringer. They did a, a annotated version of the script where they mm. da- they downloaded um they downloaded the script. Um shout out to Andrew uh Gritadoro. Uh Gritadoro. He he basically wrote took the whole script and put annotations on it to say like to give more information from his perspective of what it means where he mm-hmm. was taking the symbolism of different things cuz you know the the fin- the finale that's the name of the script it was the the plot is basically Deadpool gets hired to protect um the last male white rhino on Aww. on earth so so they 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 hire him to protect him and and Per this annotation, they said the rhino was representative of the actual series. He writes yep. in Donald Glover writes in, I guess, the head executive, and it, it's it's crazy when you read the dialogue. It's like he really went into it. It almost is like a one big sublim- subliminal diss track towards oh, yeah. everything. Towards oh, everything. This, yeah. And yeah. I'm telling you, man, to imagine being able to flex like this as a writer. Like, yo, I'm just going to drop a 15 page script and let y'all know what I'm really capable of. But, you know, I, I'm I'm I was very excited to see him tackle Deadpool as an animated series. I thought it would have been crazy. I thought it would have been real good. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, like when you talk about flexing as a writer, as a writer who's working out here, like Donald Glover stuns me week after week with Atlanta. I'm just you know, his whole team, I think it's called Royalty. It's his, him and his brother and a bunch of other people who are called a Royalty and they're a writing team. And I'm just blown away by what they do. When you really start studying scripts and stuff and you see how they pack, what they pack into these 30-minute episodes week after week. So to see what they would do with this hurts, definitely. This is sad. This sucks. But, you know, my man will be coming back with another banger some way, somehow. So it's no worries. Right. And in some much better news this week, it's time for some comic psychopt. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. Comic psychopt, the hashtag you can use on anywhere on the internet where we talk about the comics that we cop. And yo, I got some big, I mean, super big things coming with comic psychopt. That's all I can tell you. Thank you to everyone who's been using that hashtag. Please, like, please, I don't care if you got old, new comics, whatever. If you got one comic, two comics, a million comics, use that hashtag for me. This week, especially on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever, use the hashtag Comics I Copped. Show your support. Show your love. We need it this week. Like I said, big, big things are coming. So just, you know, help us out and we're going to help you out. Word life. And in some other news, we had a question earlier in the episode. I can't remember who asked this equally asked question, but it kind of relates to comics I copped. And they said after Dark Knight Metal, Dark Knight's Metal, I'm not sure which one it is. Yep. Uh, it was just finished up. It's DC's big crossover that just finished up where Batman and the rest of the Justice League battle a bunch of Batman who were also the Justice League from a dark universe, I guess. Yep. Um, just finished wrapping up, and they said, is DC on top? Is they either, you know, after that, are they now the top of DC versus Marvel? And I always think those things are kind of weird, you know, when people put this whole DC versus Marvel or any of these companies. Me, I'm all about individual stories, and, you know, I don't really care about one or the other who publishes what. You know, I like people from both universes, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Did you read Dark Knight Metal? I, I, I did some of it. 
I started it. I didn't finish it because I yeah. think they were delayed at some point, and I was just like, you know, whatever. I'll catch me with the end. But it, but um, what's the day? So it it ended this week. That's probably yep. why the question came out. Number six came out this week. I haven't yep. finished it, but you know, it was. I I like Scott Snyder as a writer. It mm-hmm. was just. It was. You know what the problem was? It it it, it based. It was based. In Batman mythology, but it was also based in Hawkman mythology, and the Hawkman yep. mythology is a fucking mess. So, yes. so you know, it's very convoluted. So, to grasp it, it takes some time. But the story itself, I mean, it was cool. It was cool. I don't know if it establishes DC over Marvel per se. I think yeah. it was, you know, because to be to be completely frank, I don't see people talking about Dark Knight's metal. And this is Scott mm. Snyder, so I'm like, you know, are people just over it? Are people having, you know, haven't been saying anything? I don't really see people talking about dark. Not to say that they're not. I haven't seen it. You know the, what I mean? The most I've seen talk about it is from that really. I mean, I've seen you know certain comics like hot people. They've definitely talked about it and recommended it and said it was good. So I'm not gonna say it's not good because, like you said, I love Scott Snyder's run on Batman. I'm enjoying Tom King's run on Batman right now, which has nothing to do with this. And that's another weird thing. It's like they just give Tom King whatever, because that's their main title and has like nothing, no mention of this whole Dark Knight's metal. Like he got all. a whole other crossover going on over there. Neither is so, Detective Comics. And I read, I read both, and there's no metal impact. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, so weird. But, you know, like I've heard that real fringe group of, you know, like racist supremacists, they really seem to like metal. And metal seems to appeal to people who have like like you said a lot of history of batman a lot of history of dc a lot of history of hawkman and it's supposed to be metal like metal like rock i didn't get that for a long time that it was supposed to be so it's supposed to be like extreme you know and so people who like that mm. like it okay it's yeah really not my cup of tea you know i read the first couple of issues it, i'm it's Scott snyder i'm sure it's dope but just like you said i don't think this establishes more i don't know what marvel's last big crossover was but I don't know. Most of those big crossovers are kind of disappointing to me in general. It's been a rare, really, really good one. I know you love Secret Empire, and we went through that before. So, um, yeah. Nah, I won't say this puts them over at all. Not really. You yeah, know. I, I think yeah. it's still... I think the 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 um the quality is going to rise in the individual stories that they tell within their books. Mm-hmm. So Marvel yeah. is going to the initiative of telling those big stories or those those big series within their own books how it was how how it usually happened back in the day where mm-hmm. avengers would have a big crossover within their avengers books yes. x-men's crossovers were always contained within x-men if there mm-hmm. was an event cuz i think after secret empire they said there's not going to be an event that ties the entire universe together for a book for a while mm. allegedly like that's allegedly. allegedly that's not and i think we've been at least a year removed from secret empire at yep. least or, or around that so they said for at least for the foreseeable future if there's going to be crossover events or any type of events they're going to be contained within the books that they originate because even with um so, for example, Venom, these these Venom series that's been popping up, like Venomverse mm-hmm. was its own thing, right? But then yep. he popped up in certain books, and they were contained within his effect on those teams. Like, he was in X-Men Blue, I want to say. 
and it was you know nobody else was really affected by it you know what i mean so yep. we'll see but there's a lot of quality writers a lot of shift that's been going on between the big two and we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of great stories so i think that's where we win it's getting yeah. those best stories. So yeah, I can't really speak on to whether it supplants them over Marvel. I think they're I think the creators are gonna determine that. And Marvel definitely has a lot of big things coming up for the spring and summer. Like they just announced Fantastic Four is returning with the homie Dan Slot writing it. And once again, speaking of that fringe group of people, I know that is pissing a lot of people off because for some reason they just do not love my brother Dan. Mainly because he just calls out nutcases in the comic industry without you know any remorse and tells dope ass stories like he just ended what is it like a 10 year run on spider-man yep that you know was crazy so i can't wait to see fantastic four back they also got a nick spencer and um my brother uh ryan otley about to do spider-man so you know it's like it goes back and forth and like you said it's all about the great stories now in some comics that i did cop this week i want to give a big big shout out to my brother saladin ahmed because he's about to end black bolt which is one of the best comics Marvel's put out in years. So make sure you run and get that. It's a 12-issue series now. That's it. All you got to do is get 12 issues, two trades. So dope. It's, like, just incredible. Uh, art by uh, C.J. Ward, I want to say, or Christian Ward. I might have butchered those both times. Incredible art, incredible writing. And if we're talking about, you know, Mr. Ahmed, you got to talk about Abbott from Boom Studios. And Abbott is the story of this woman. She's a black woman. She's a journalist. And her husband has been killed. And she finds out that her husband was killed by supernatural means. So she starts, as a journalist, starts investigating this stuff. Just a dope-ass series. It's only going to be four issues long. It's from Boom Studios. You know, just highest recommendations from me. I want to say that they also put out Destroyer, which Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, even if they didn't, I'm going to recommend that book again. That's now in trade. Destroyer is like a modern day version of the Frankenstein tale with a young black child and it involves like Black Lives Matter and a bunch of other stuff. It's absolutely incredible. Like go pick up that trade. Destroyer. Like that is so dope. You know, Abbott, once that gets in trade, you can pick that up. Also Black Bolt. The New Wicked and Divine drops this week. I've already got to read it. I didn't understand it. I don't know what's going on anymore in this book (laughs) and I I effing love it. it. so good, and I have no clue what's going on anymore. Saga number 50 is also in stores. Haven't got to read that yet, but, I mean, it's Saga, and it's number 50. Like, come on now. It's, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I read And I read the first um, the first issue of Abbott. Like, it, it was pretty cool. Ooh, ooh pretty so cool. good. Yeah. yeah, so good. I can't wait to get into issue two and three. But, yeah, that first issue was so good, just so moody. So, you know, just gets you right into her character, a strong woman of color character, you know, can't be beat. I, they, You know, like I, that's going to be made into a TV series. So you might want to go pick those issues up right now, put them in them bags and hold on to them. Because I guarantee you people are knocking on that man's door right now about, yo, what's good? You know, we can make some real money with this. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see that 100%. Yeah, easily. All right, well, that is it for Comics I Cop. Like I said before, make sure you use that hashtag, Comics I Cop, on Twitter, on Instagram. Hit me up, tad me, tad Fanbros Show, at DJ Ben I mean, at Fanbros Show, at Jeff J Says. Make sure you hit us all up. You know, let us know what you're reading, all that good stuff. You know, hit us with how you feel about the reviews, anything. You know, I don't care. You know, we here to talk. We here to do all that good stuff, all that business. Anything else before we get out of here tonight, Jeff? 
Nah, man, this is another great episode. I, I, I think that is it. You know, happy Easter to everybody. Well, you'll probably be hearing this after, but I hope your Easter went well if you celebrate or, you know, you didn't get caught by April Fool's joke. You know, shout out to Anthony Davis. I don't know who he fooled with his uh, I'm shaving my unibrow. And some people are like, oh, my God, you got me. I'm like, really? Really? With the big ass Red Bull um, <laughs> towel in the whole video, but whatever. But, you know, it's it's April. Well, it's actually, you know, for those who celebrate, it's also first Sunday. So by the time you get out of church, you're probably going to listen to this episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I hope I hope the service was good and I hope everybody enjoyed their um, their weekend. Word up. And also, big shout out. I heard that uh, Pornhub uh, changed their holding the horn hub i mean that's what somebody told me oh man somebody is, is it somebody's name <laughs> 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 oh, oh man 